Uh, the reading this morning is taken from Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south on the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandaki, which means Queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in the chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from this earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and travelled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. I suddenly realised, I'm not sure if you actually expected me here, but uh, both Mark and Andy are away at various things and can't be here. <laughs> but uh, hey... <laughs> Um, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus. And we thank you uh, for the spirit who um, just does amazing things so that people might hear about you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So just a few weeks ago, um, at church, after one ch church one Sunday, a young woman came up to me, and um, his, some of you will know and she said she'd like to be baptized in the sea. And I got really excited. It's, um, I love a believer's baptism, and especially in the sea. Did I miss a song? <laughs> yes, I did. Do you want to sing the song? Oh. Okay, keep going. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not, I'm not used to such an organized play. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so this, uh, and I was really excited. And uh, full immersion, baptism in the sea, we've done a few, and Hamworthy, and it's been amazing. And um, so with her godmother, we started chatting about how we could make this happen. But it was even more exciting, because this young woman has been on a journey for a very long time, a journey of faith and a journey of waiting and wanting and needing a new heart. It was Charlie and I think it was two or three weeks later that Charlie's life was interrupted 
when she received the call to have her heart transplant. Something she'd been waiting for all her life, really, and on the list for at least 11 years. And as many of you know, because you've been praying for her, she has home and has had a successful heart transplant. And I actually saw her yesterday at the Hamworthy Park Fair, walking around pushing her wheelchair with Donna, keeping people well away from her. But what a wonderful interruption for Charlie. But I wonder how we feel about being interrupted by God, especially by God. Are we willing to be interrupted? You know, are we, are we tuned into the, to the Holy Spirit enough that we would want to know if he wants to give us a new heart and put a new spirit in us? We, you know, we read, I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And this passage we've just read has helps us to explore that. So the first thing is that the Holy, I want, I want to explore, is that the Holy Spirit interrupts Philip. The Holy Spirit has a few instructions for Philip. You know, because God's plan is always to get the good news to those who have never heard it. This passage places a really strong emphasis on the Spirit's leading. But I think the amazing thing here is how Philip responds. Prior to this, he's been involved in a mass conversion um, of many people in the north. And many people had come to faith and there were signs and wonders and healings. This is what we read in previous verses. Those who'd been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. But now, following the Spirit's um, direction, he goes south and encounters just one man. A foreign man in every way. A man with what today we would call, from what we would call Sudan. A man who is a Gentile. He's a man who was obviously a God-fearer. Why else would he have been reading the scriptures? But what wasn't, he wasn't fully converted. Or I think a better way to say that would be he didn't fully understand yet. And clearly God was keen that he did. And therefore Philip's obedience in following the prompts of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is a beautiful picture of what can happen when we let God lead us, the Spirit lead us. Are we, are we in a place to hear God say, go south, go and stand next to that car, go and talk to your neighbor, go and have tea with that person, go and visit your friend, have lunch with that colleague, write a card to that person, pray for her, pray for him, pray for her, share your testimony with them. Philip hears and he responds. And we all know the amazing ending. Secondly, Philip interrupts the eunuch. I love all the small details of how the Spirit has already been at work 
in setting things up in the story. A, the eunuch is reading a passage that is perfectly suited to Philip sharing the good news about Jesus. And B, they just happen to come upon some water as they're talking about baptism. It's pretty cool. But none of this would have happened if Philip had not interrupted the eunuch. He follows the Spirit's whisper to go and stand by the chariot. And the eunuch is reading out loud, which apparently was normal. Imagine if we, you know, on trains and on the tubes, if we were all reading out loud these days. I thought that was pretty funny. So Philip can hear this guy is reading and what he's reading about, and he asks the question, do you understand what you are reading about? And he displays a couple of great characteristics of an evangelist, which we know Jesus commissioned us to do in Matthew Matthew 28. And he said to them, all authority in heaven and earth is given to you. You know, go and make disciples of all nations, Sudanese as well, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. So what he does, the the two things he he just demonstrates is that he's really patient. He stands there. And he listens. And he waited to see what the eunuch knew and understood before he launched in. This was no Bible basher. And be He observed what was going on. He looked for an opportunity to engage at a meaningful level. One commentator writes about the story that it resembles very closely another story of a stranger joining two travelers and opening up the scriptures to them. He then is involved in a sacramental act and then disappears from view. Of course, the story is Jesus on the road to Emmaus. And that sacramental act was a meal. He had a meal with them. And this sacramental act is a baptism. Love their story. And then the third thing is that the eunuch is willing to be interrupted. Philip is willing to... Um, to be interrupted, but so is the eunuch. But even more than that, the eunuch really wants to understand. We read in verse 31, his answer to Philip's inquiry, how can I, I, I understand unless someone explains it to me? This man is hungering and thirsting after God. He's been up to Jerusalem to worship, and now he's sitting in the middle of the desert reading the book of Isaiah. And it reminded me, um, we've, my, my, Joe, my husband Joe started this group for our um, sevens to elevens. And um, I went down, he gets people to come and do a little talk, and Rob comes regularly, and, they, and SML sort of do, do it. Um, I get, my husband's a great delegator. And he, he roped me in to come and do one of the little talks. So a couple of weeks ago, I went along, and I, in front of the kids, I put down a big bag of sweets, a holy sock, and a Bible. And I said to them, you can have any of those things you want. I've got a volunteer, and I said, come up, you can have any of those things you want. What do you think they chose? 
the sweets, of course they did, because they didn't know there was a five-pound note in the sock. <laughs> and, um, and then the next week, they had rounders down in the park. And um, we realized at the end, there was this one little girl called Imogen, and she, um, she was going to walk home on her own. She'd been dropped. They, not, they have to be picked up. So, and she was on her scooter. So Joe, being the delegator he is, said to me, can you ride home with her, please? So I borrowed a bike. I get on this teenager's bike that I'm borrowing, and I'm cycling next to Imogen. And she says to me, as we leave Hamworthy Park, she says, you know, I would have chosen the Bible. I said, really? She says, yep, I want to learn about Jesus. He's amazing. He sacrificed everything for us. So I said to her, do you have a Bible? She says, I do, it's from the library, but it's due back. So I said, would you like a Bible? She said, you don't have to buy me one. I said, I'll buy you one. I'll get you a Bible, which I've done. She's nine years old. And so I was so blessed by that. I went back, I was weeping. I said to Joe, you're doing a great job, all of you, you and your team. And this is what's, what's happening. He said, let's tell them. <laughs> Because they need that. But what struck me was how hungry she was to learn about Jesus. Who takes a Bible out the library? You know? And so Philip's carefully chosen probing question, through that question, the eunuch invites Philip up to join him, and they travel on together as Philip begins to unpack this passage from Isaiah 53 about the suffering servant because first century Jews had no idea that they would be receiving a, 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 a receiving a suffering Messiah rather than a triumphant Messiah. It was Jesus who applied that to himself and therefore understood his death in light of that. And it's in this context that Philip tells the eunuch about the good news of Jesus. And the eunuch is so well prepared by the Holy Spirit that it seems um, he believed immediately and he wants to be baptized. I always worry about this bit of the story because I feel like it, 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 looks, it might look like a bird in a bird bath getting baptized. Do you, know, do you know what they do? How they flap in a little bit of water. But I'm sure it was a nice big deep piece of water because the Holy Spirit had done it. But he received in that place, in the desert, in whatever depth water that was, a new heart and a new spirit that day, right there. Because Philip was willing to be interrupted by the Spirit, to be obedient. And because the Ethiopian was willing and ready to have a heart transplant. When what about us? You know, do we... Do we fully understand? Have we received the Spirit? Have we spent time, enough time, getting to know God in an intimate way? You know, maybe we need God to invade our lives afresh. You know, are we hungry like Imogen, hungry and thirsty for the Word? Are we tuned into God's Spirit? and to hear his whispers and be obedient. As I said to you, I saw Donna and Charlie yesterday. And 
as Charlie chatted to all our church people she was seeing, she was so excited, first time she'd seen people. And John was saying to me that Charlie's whole body has changed. And she, it's working hard to adapt to a new heart. And apparently her body will try to reject that heart. So keep praying. So keep praying. She's doing amazingly. Donna said to me, without saying the word miraculous, that's what the surgeons are saying. The match has been brilliant. The, just what's been going on has been brilliant. They, they, they said the word amazing because they hadn't got that miraculous thing. But it made me think that we really need to make sure that we are so immersed, so close to, in Scripture, in God, so attentive to the Spirit that we don't reject what God is doing in our hearts, in and through us, so that he can send us into the world to tell people about Jesus. Amen.